BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. The city of Mountain View is kind of like this microcosm of a lot that's happened around the Bay Area. You might know it as the home to Google, but it's also home to sky-high rents and homelessness and RVs on the streets. In essence, it's a place of vast inequality. And one way it's manifested is in the debate over rent control. Now, this new measure has come out where mobile homes are explicitly uh, excluded. And what does that mean? What message are you trying to send to people who live in mobile parks? Mountain View narrowly approved rent control in the city four years ago. And now some more changes to the policy are on the ballot this Tuesday. But throughout this whole political fight over housing and inequality, there's one group that's left out of the conversation. I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to The Bay. I met this woman named Belia. Is that, how do you feel with the mic that close to you? Is that okay? That's okay who lives in Mountain View. She's lived there for 20 years. And how long have you lived in this home? That's, a, that's as long as I've been in Mountain View. And she lives in this really nice mobile home. It's the only blue and white mobile home on the block. Actually, I was uh, searching for uh, just an ordinary house, and they're all so big, and I just drove by and saw a sign, and I said, oh, that looks pretty good. And she's sort of seen all of Mountain View sort of change in the past few decades with the tech boom. Aditi Bundlamudi is a Silicon Valley reporter for KQD. She met Belia Hansen at her place in the Santiago Villa mobile home park in Mountain View. Did she talk about which ways she's seen Mountain View change? Yeah, she said, I mean, one of the main things that sort of were really pertinent to our conversation was how expensive it's gotten. A lot of people in this park are seniors or disabled people that came in years and years and years ago in the 60s when it was just really very low uh, cost place to live. Santiago Villa, it was originally a retirement community. But over the last few years, when Google moved in, a lot of techies moved in right next door to Belia. It was more affordable for them to live there. They could bike to work instead of sitting hours in traffic. It was just more uh, convenient for them. But uh, it kind of has changed Belia's world a little bit. One uh, thing that people don't understand is that people who are uh, tech technical people at work at Google, they can't afford to buy here either. Uh, it's, it's become uh, a very expensive place to live. Just to give you a sense of how expensive Mountain View has become, between 2011 and 2015, rent increased more than 50 percent. 
Now the average rent for a one-bedroom apartment is about $3,000, more than the state average. As the Bay Area's housing crisis has gotten worse, Mountain View has become a hub for debates about homelessness and RVs and rent control. So as part of the city's response to all this, local voters approved rent control in 2016 by a narrow margin, but just barely. And now the issue's on the ballot again on Tuesday. It's called Measure D, and it would change the way rent control is applied to more than 15,000 renters in the city. We're talking about the usual suspects, people who live in apartment buildings, in high-rises, in, uh, you know, rental homes, places like that. Measure D does a lot of things, um, but among them, it caps rent control at 4% a year. And what's the current rent control cap in Mountain View? Right now, rent control is is tied to something called the CPI, Consumer Price Index, also known as the inflation rate. And basically, it fluctuates between 2 to 5%. Now, the last time it was at 5% was like decades ago. Um, so right now, it's kind of stuck at 3%. This measure would sort of cap it at 4%. It would also allow landlords to seismically retrofit apartments, uh, like the soft story apartment buildings that we see that are not earthquake proof. It would allow landlords to retrofit those and pass along some of that cost to the tenant up to a 10 percent hike in rent. Um, And it basically puts some protections on the rental housing committee, um, just making sure that they don't get paid a salary, that they could be removed from their position, stuff like that. So if rent control was passed in 2016, why is this issue on the ballot again this year? So the city council says that they're looking for a compromise between landlords and renters. They want to make sure that both parties are happy. Renters feel like they are getting charged exorbitant amounts to live in these tiny apartments, and landlords feel like they aren't getting enough money to upgrade apartment buildings to make sure that they're safe, to make sure they're, that they're uh, environmentally sustainable. This seems like a conversation that's been going on in a lot of Bay Area cities and a lot of cities in California in general. Um, but who's really pushing this ballot measure? Is it the California Apartment Association? It and sure landlords? is. It sure is. It's the California Apartment Association. The mayor backs it. Um, it's a lot of landlord-backed organizations. We all know that when it comes to these rent control battles, it's really hard to satisfy renters and landlords at the same time. In fact, the California Apartment Association's already thinking about pushing a measure that would give landlords even bigger wins on rent control. So elected leaders who support Measure D, like Mayor Margaret Abacoga, see this as a compromise. Rather than going back and forth through the ballot box, um, the majority of council wanted to see if we can come up with some kind of um, compromise measure, and that's what Measure D is an attempt to do. What did Belia have to say about Measure D, the rent control measure? Belia really doesn't like Measure D. It does not protect her um, because Measure D explicitly excludes mobile homes. Here's the deal. When rent control was first approved in Mountain View in 2016, mobile home renters weren't mentioned in the ballot measure. And some were like, we should be included. But the committee overseeing rent control in Mountain View looked into it and decided that because most people in mobile homes own their home and rent the land, that these renters shouldn't be included in the rent control law. So to clear up any confusion, the new measure now clearly says that rent control doesn't apply to mobile home parks. 
the city council says that they specifically decided to like exclude mobile homes because they want to later pass an ordinance that would protect mobile homes that would regulate rent for them. And, you know, some people in the city have said that's because living in a mobile home is different from living in a high rise or an apartment building. And how does Belia feel about that explanation? She's really nervous. Living in a mobile home is not that different from living in an apartment. So it's weird for her to make that differentiation. Number one, city council could pass an ordinance to protect rent for mobile home parks, but they haven't yet. And that raises the question as to why they haven't yet. But two, if Measure D passes uh, and they do create an ordinance, she's nervous that those protections are actually going to be pretty weak because she's seen that the protections that Measure D gives for renters aren't actually that strong. It's basically trying to water down the rent control that we had established in 2016 with the ballot measure. So right now, this new measure, Measure D, uh, is uh, an attempt by uh, landlords and city council to put some constraints on that, those, uh, those really useful parts of the law. So what does this mean for people like Belia? It means people like Belia are sort of left up in the air. They're not even at the table to discuss what's going to happen to them in this housing crisis. They aren't considered in the ballot measure. They're specifically excluded from it. And that makes them feel really left out. And they feel nervous as to what's going to happen in the future because they haven't gotten a clear idea as to how the city even feels about them. Well, and it's... I guess it's hard for them to get a feel for how the city feels because they weren't they haven't been written into any of the rent laws since Mountain View's been considering rent laws. Exactly. They were kept you know, mobile homes weren't explicitly included in rent control measures, which allowed for this loophole to kind of happen um, where mobile homes could be excluded and landlords for mobile home parks could charge whatever they wanted to in rent. Belia is still waiting for any kind of rent control protections that her neighbors and apartment complexes get. And in the meantime, she feels that the housing situation in Mountain View isn't getting any better. People have moved out. Uh, because of economic constraints. It's, a, it's a, a very unsafe, unsteady place to be right now for if you're a senior or if you're disabled. She feels like the distance between the haves and the have-nots is only widening, and you can see that play out in Mountain View. People who have family in this area don't want to leave. People who have jobs in this area don't want to move out to Tracy uh, and commute in for hours and hours. And people do that because they, they have to. But it's, it's really unfair to push out people who need to be here. Uh, people who are essential, like people who uh, work at the restaurants on Castro, um, they can't afford to do that anymore. And the people, the business people are losing help like crazy. Uh, it's just a, a very untenable situation. A few weeks ago, I covered this event called the 2020 Silicon Valley Joint Ventures Conference. They host it every year. Uh, it's it's hosted by uh, Joint Ventures, which is this like local think tank. And they do sort of like a health prognosis of how Silicon Valley is doing. And 
It showed, the report this year showed, that the wealth gap continues to widen in Silicon Valley and people have to move out. And I feel like this problem in Mountain View so clearly illustrates how that wealth gap keeps widening, that even in the conversation of who we think about, who is affected by legislation, we constantly forget about the people who people who don't work in tech. They're getting left out of that conversation. City officials have said they expect to consider a rent control ordinance for mobile home residents sometime this year. But Belia says she's still skeptical that the city will pass any kind of law that will really help her and her neighbors. They're very unlikely to give us uh, what we need. They're going to give us what they want us to have. Thanks to Aditi Bandlamudi for reporting this story. You can follow her at Aditi, that's O-D-D-I-T-Y underscore Aditi, A-D-H-I-T-I. The Bay is produced by Erica Cruz Guevara and editor Alan Montecilio. KQED's leadership team is Julie Kane, Vinnie Tong, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. We also get help each week from Kiana Mogadam. The Bay's theme music is by Dowd Anthony. I'm Devin Kadayama. That is it for The Bay. We will talk to you next time. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.